This Augusta Golf Show podcast is brought to you by Audi Augusta, online at AudiAugusta.com. Well, Craig Winter is the Senior Director, Rules of Golf and Amateur Status with the United States Golf Association. Earlier this week, the USGA announced a modernization of rules when it comes to amateur status in the game. It is a pleasure to welcome Craig Winter to the Augusta Golf Show. How are you, Craig? Hi, John. Doing great. Love um, being on your show. Thank you for doing it. Is it is it once, twice, six times a day? How often do you hear winter rules? <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Here's here's here was my first thought when I when I read about the modernization. I thought about the recreational golfer who thinks about his amateur status when he's standing on a par three in a tournament and wondering if he makes a hole-in-one and wins the car, do I lose my amateur status? I'm guessing it's a little more complicated than that. Yeah, we, we, uh, that, that's a good example of a, a small problem we, we had fixed in previous versions. Uh, this is a rewrite. We, 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 we took it apart and put it back together quite a bit going on in this one. Um, Reader's Digest version, explain a little bit about um, what you guys have, are doing. Yeah, so John, this was, this was really a, 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 about a three-year project for us, uh, looking at whether or not we need amateurism, which we feel like we do. There's, there's a lot of value in, in what that brings to golf. You mentioned the recreational golfer. This applies to young, old the elites, the, the club golfer, I mean, there's not a whole lot of club tournaments, especially like member guests. You have to be enamored to play in a lot of those. And so this affects so many golfers uh, all around the world. And when we looked at this, we wanted to make sure that we could update these rules, serve in the best interest of the game, reflect how just kind of society has changed, and more than anything, allow for a code that was easy to understand and apply. And, and we, we feel like this proposal gets us there, and now we're just listening and hearing what people have to say about it. Yeah, we should mention there is a we're in a period now where you are sitting back, as you've done on many of these situations, and 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 taking recommendations and listening to what 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 the golfers have to say. Um, it's kind of well, again, maybe an oversimplification to say there are kind of three tenants to it, but but go over um, where you guys are are headed. Yeah, John, I think that's actually, that's perfect. Uh, there really are three breaches of these rules, three things that amateurs are not allowed to do. And you can put them into two different, and I'll call them buckets. There's a, there's a work bucket. If you're working as the club pro, or you happen to be a member of, of one of the worldwide PGAs, or you're teaching for uh, payment, you're giving instruction, you're getting paid for that. Though so That's the work bucket. And those are two different breaches, the teaching part and the work part. And then the other side of it is just all about how one competes. If, if you want to play as an amateur in competition, the only thing you need to keep an eye on is not accepting a prize above $750. That's the prize limit. Is Pretty that, simple stuff there. Is that, that's a prize. That's not money. That's, that's a prize. Yeah. So, so to keep it as simple as we could, uh, the, the world that we know it today is not the world we used to know. There's a lot of digital currencies. There's, there's gift cards that play into that. And, and some societies around our world are, are completely cashless now. And so we, we looked at that and trying to figure out how we could draw lines around all of that. And we said, look, if, if it's just about the limit, and then I can speak to why we feel like a limit's helpful. Sure. What does it matter what form that comes in? Just give, give the number and just don't accept above that number and you can continue to play amateur golf. 
So talk a little bit about why, uh, how you get paid is impactful. Yeah. So, so when we when we have, if you if you compare to what is allowed today, you could have a tournament organizer offer a prize that's a gift card or it's shop credit, um, even something like a Visa gift card. Those those are effectively like cash in many forms. They're portable. You can move them around between different businesses, and and, and yet they're not cash. And we were trying to have those hairline distinctions. And when we took a step back and looked at it, the main reason that we have a prize limit is to try to minimize pressure pressures on rules of golf and rules of handicapping. And when you when you have the limit and things are close to cash today would it be that bad to go into the future and, and just allow cash anyway? This is also about a relevancy issue. When I mentioned that this applies to the whole game, it is probably pretty common for your listeners to, to be familiar with the story. You have an envelope that you hopefully get or those that played a little better than you get on the weekends, and it maybe has 5 or $10 in cash in it. Amateurs can't even play for cash right now. And yet that is it, – it happens all over, and we know it. But there's no reason to say – you can't be an amateur anymore. So it's we want rules that are enforceable and easy to understand, and we feel, feel like this gets us there. We're talking with uh, Craig Winter here on the Augusta Golf Show. Uh, but uh, how does this – will this be impactful to the college golfer in some shape, form, or fashion? Yeah, they're, they're, when we think about the, the elite-level game, it's really about what's not in the rules. Mm. Uh, we have eliminated some, some rules that – have frankly given us a, a lot of trouble over the years. The promotion and advertising rule, you know, it's uh, to your listeners, you'll obviously have a, a lot of folks thinking, well, this is NCAA, college golf, name, image, likeness. We have a similar rule in, in golf, and yet it applies to the whole game, but only to those that have what's called golf skill, the elite level golfers. And modern society with social media especially it simply doesn't really work with a rule that says you can't promote something. And so trying to carve out, trying to have uh, some, some difficult decisions over the years, and some of them have, uh, have certainly made the press. We, we've been looking at this rule now for about five or six years, and almost three years ago we, we came to the point where we just don't feel like there's – it doesn't make sense for us to be prohibiting this in this way, and frankly the market is probably going to take care of this in a, in a, much, better, uh, a much better manner. Yeah, so I would think there would be some sort of marriage between what you see going on in, 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 in to your point, in the NCAA, and, and how can you guys be a part of that and not be a hindrance to that? Yeah, yeah. So we, we went to the NCAA. We're, we're close partners in, in governance, and we, we share kind of the directions that we're going down. And in, in early 2018, we, we started talking about the direction that we were planning to go, and we raised some eyebrows. Uh, and uh, obviously, legislative pressures have since come to bear on them. And they're in a slightly different situation, because if you think about what they're governing, it's all it's a very uh, a small niche of, of age talent, elite players, but all sports. And primarily, that's driven by football and basketball. We're looking at just the game of golf. So a much broader audience here. But when we look at that, um, the sponsorship side of things, there, there's there's some possibilities that there's a few very, very high-level talent, the generational player, uh, that does well. Mm-hmm. And, and yet, we're not, we're not closing our eyes to that. But really what this is more about is the, the local golfer that currently has a lot of challenges even accessing the game. And that's, that's where we feel like this will have the most benefit. You have a mom or dad that goes to their employer or maybe a business they frequent, and they have a son or daughter that is close but is really struggling to, to get 
and do as many events as they want to to travel. Uh, golf is not cheap, and we feel like this is a, a really good avenue. Uh, we've heard it for years of how hard it is to, to raise funds and you know, wearing a hat with a logo on it. It's a different look for the amateur game. Um, but right now, because the rules don't let that business say they're supporting the golfer and the golfer can't say they're being supported, it doesn't really facilitate that exchange of expenses. And uh, this this would create a whole new avenue for them to, to be able to access the game. And we think that's a really important step for growing the game and get more people to, to enjoy the, all the benefits of it. From the other direction, Craig, so this has... Where are we with, and maybe, and this does not apply to me, so maybe I'm not as versed as I should be on this. Let's flip it around. Anything changed for the professional golfer who wants to regain their amateur status? Yeah, John, good. We're looking at the reinstatement aspects of this still. Uh, you know, we we still believe there's value in being reinstated. So someone who is a non-amateur in, in the current code and wants to come back to play amateur golf, uh, we, we are looking at it in the way of, uh, depending upon your success playing the game, you may have to wait a little bit longer than others that had less success. But we are also open to lowering the minimum waiting period. So, you know, a career golf pro that, that hasn't played much, um, they, they may see as little as six months waiting because the, the reinstatement process is really about protecting the amateur game. And if, if they're not going to come in and raise a bunch of trophies, we're probably not going to have them wait nearly as long as they do in the current code. We think that's also a good thing. So if your listeners go to usga.org forward slash amateur status, you'll have a link right to the, the proposals. There's quite a bit there. You can take a look through, and uh, we want to hear from you. It's open until March 26th, and we're looking at enacting these on uh, January 1, 2022. So you have a chance for your voice to be heard, and we'd love to hear what you have to say. He is Craig Winter, the Senior Director of Rules of Golf, Amateur Status with the USGA. Craig, thanks for taking the time to do this. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, John. We appreciate it, too.